Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, um, field service workers. Yes. Do we give them enough praise and love and affection for what they do? Probably not. I don't think we do sometimes no. either. No. And we also don't think we understand how how much technology is actually involved in field service these days. Oh, yes. Like, right? it's not just, you don't just show up in a dirty old truck with a toolbox and <laughs> gone a, are the days and a ladder and pants this. that for some reason fall too low every time you bend over. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not the typical field service worker these days. That person is not coming to my house no. a, a, anymore. Yeah, like the simple pail and, no, you know, exactly. a couple of tools. And exactly. It, yeah, a quick happen. story. I, yeah. We had a refrigerator. Actually, we've had literally three refrigerator repairs oh, in good three Lord. or four in the three years that we've had our brand new refrigerator. Oh, come on now. Like a call at the company. But the service technicians have been amazing. And what really impressed me was one of the times a guy came over and was diagnosing a problem with our freezer. Mm -hmm. And he literally just plugged a USB into a little port on top of the fridge with his cool tablet and, and just did a quick little diagnostic, figured something out, was able to actually fix it on his tablet as well and was on his way. Granted, I don't like what I had to pay for that because it seemed very simple. (laughs) And he told me if my fridge was Wi-Fi enabled, it would have been even simpler. But oh, the so point he, was... He tech shamed you. Yeah. The point was, right. he didn't have to bring in any tools. He didn't have to take right. anything apart. He literally right. just hooked up a tablet to my fridge and was able to get some work done. So technology is a big part of what's happening in field service right it now. It is. It is. So that's what we're going to talk about today. There you go. That's uh, a good we topic. Didn't, we didn't just bring it up for nothing. Right. You know? For nothing. Right. So we've got, <laughs> we've got Dan Fuller with us today. We're going to be talking about uh, what's going on in mobility and asset management yeah, in the right. field and how the te- this technology is being used. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into what mobile devices are doing out in the field, you mm-hmm. know, where, where they're used and why. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about how this stuff compared, like, you know, purpose-built devices like our VAR cell compared to, um, you know, consumer devices. We always are saying, hey, if this stuff is better, we'll yep. explain why in this why? particular mm-hmm. instance. And we'll talk a little bit about asset management also outside of the four walls because that's a very important topic. Right Love it. Too. Yep. Good topic. This is actually another topic that was recommended by one of our listeners. Get out. Uh, Alex Rode from Panatrack. Alex. Thank you so much for suggesting this topic. As always, if you've got topics to suggest, give them to us. We'll try to bring someone on and talk about them. Absolutely. We want to talk about what you want to talk about. So There you go. All that plus our usual value to the VAR and what's tech connecting with us. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. As I mentioned today, our guest is Dan Fuller. He is the director of sales for Versona Systems. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your day-to-day life at Versona. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. And uh, you know, Blue Star has been a great partner with us, and uh, we just appreciate your support. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm director of sales of Versona Systems, and we are a systems integrator, a software house. Essentially, we have three uh, different softwares available for resale. Uh, our first, first one is uh, Stock and Roll, which has been around for quite some time, and it's simply a uh, asset tracking uh, software or platform that was actually developed uh, for a, a large customer called KBR back in the day, um, and it was used for turnarounds. Well, since then, we've kind of made modifications and we can use that simple little uh, database for just about any kind of asset tracking. So, um, but this stock and roll is mostly for um, 
inside the four walls, but I think we're talking about outside the four walls. Mm -hmm. So uh, what we've seen is, uh, and, and the key to it, you, you were talking a while ago about the tech rep came out, he looked at your refrigerator and he plugged in a tablet. And, you know, I was prepared to talk about another device, but, you know, you picked up on a key uh, subject here, and that's tablets. We're seeing tablets really explode, um, mm. in particular, uh, the Zebra, the, the L10 tablet. It's It's got a built-in uh, uh, scanner inside. Uh, and a lot of our customers, uh, let's just face it, they're, they're Windows bigots. Uh, they don't want to go to Android. <laughs> That's right. And so mm -hmm. and so it's you know you know we we have tablets that are still running Windows and it's I wouldn't say it's plug and play but pretty much as long as you have connectivity in the field they're good to go. So um, I'm kind of stretching this out, but uh, I, I am in sales and and you know I tell my wife all the time in our business one we have to find a customer. Two, we have to understand what their issues are. Three, we have to engineer a solution. And then four, we have to sell that solution to everybody from the end user to the top of the company. So yeah. Uh, yeah. it's, it's you, you guys know we're in this business and it's, it's a tough gig, but, um, you know, I'm having fun doing it. <laughs> and he's been doing it for quite some time. Exactly. If, if I could give you guys kudos on the naming of your product, Stock and Roll, yeah. Stock and Stock Prep. And prep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, These are good names yeah. from a marketer's they, standpoint. They, I right? completely agree. Trust yeah. me. I, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. it. I hear oh, some like Stock and Roll. You like, need I Stock like and Roll. Yeah. Oh, I do. I do need Stock it's, and Roll. <laughs> it's memorable. It's catchy. I can always dig that. That's right. All right. Well, hey, then let's... Let's get into this discussion about uh, mobility and asset management mm -hmm. out in the field. Uh, yeah. So we, you know, we talk a lot about mobile devices, obviously right. inside yeah. the four walls a yeah. lot. You know, we talk about them in warehouses, supply chain, manufacturing, retail. Mm -hmm. But again, what is what's the need for them outside of those walls? When someone gets out in the field and they're working, what's the need for these kind of devices? Yeah, that's a good question, and we get asked uh, by our current uh, software users, hey. You know, originally when we started working uh, with this, uh, we were inside the four walls and uh, we would issue either uh, tools or assets outside of our warehouse and and then, you know, wait for those assets to come back. And in particular, these were customers that were uh, like tool rental companies. And mm -hmm. so... Uh, and so what they found out was uh, they were losing a lot of time, a lot of assets in the field because the tech rep would go back out to the customer site to pick up the tools that they loaned out uh, and and come to find there's something missing. So the issue is how do you stop or how do you make sure that you're reclaiming those uh, assets in the field and not waiting till they get back to the warehouse because if you wait till it gets back to your warehouse you may never be able to recover that tool okay so they've come to us and said hey how can i take this application out to the field and and that's that's where you know uh, the 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 you know stock and roll or uh, even rain rain view our, our our rfid product platform um, so, you know, it's all about stopping uh, those inaccuracies in the field and and uh, 
right there on the spot, uh, reconciling uh, your assets to, to what's supposed to be coming back to what was issued out. And in fact, uh, you know, there's a way that we can even invoice a customer on the spot. Uh, and if you have a little portable printer, you can print out a receipt and uh, bill them right there. So that's that's the big issue is stopping inaccuracies at the field level and not waiting till something gets back. Because quite frankly, some of these assets are very expensive mm -hmm. and even the shipping of those assets uh, is is costly. And so you want to try to consolidate all your shipments as much as you as you can as well. John, give us some stats around this because I do you have them? I got a couple of stats. I don't. Let's see, oh, let's oh, I got them then. Uh, more than one billion in tools or consumables are lost oh, yeah, yeah. each year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another good one because I think you were touching on it, Dan. Two thirds of contractors, you know, so we're talking, you know, field service people right, and right. stuff like that, replace ten to thirty percent of their tools annually. Yep. So, yep. you know, it, it, this is a really good point that I think that, that we're bringing up here, and I, I just don't think it's it's constant. I'll, I'll throw one more out because we always talk right, about right. these things too. Fifty percent of contractors don't track non-capital tools at all, and twenty-nine percent are still using paper yeah. and spreadsheets. That's and alarming. Basic databases. That's so thirty percent of. <laughs> of folks out there are using antiquated systems or no system at all. And, you know, it just brings a lot of inefficiencies yep. to, to the whole process, yep. right? And so, and this is one of those things, too, that I, and I think I've said something to this effect before, but my, my belief about business and enterprise and whatever this job is, is your employees, you should not be equipping your employees with technology that is less than or lower than what the average your average worker is accustomed to in their daily life mm. you know most of Bold us by now I, like I just that. like feel that way most of us by now have a smartphone most right. people have smartphones yep. most people have you know computer access with cloud access and are very familiar with a lot of high tech i mean tvs are high tech now you know i mean just there's so many high tech devices that we're all very familiar with and used to people have smart homes now and again even just even the most average person mm -hmm. who isn't a techie person mm -hmm. probably has some level of understanding of, of of a lot of decent technology but if they go to work and the tech that they're using there is less than what they're doing at home to me that that's like there's a disconnect there, there really is there's a disconnect is. and yeah. it's yeah, yeah, and yeah, i would yeah. think from a worker standpoint it would tell you like well they just don't seem to care as much about yeah. equipping me with what i need to use yeah. so i got this clipboard yeah, and this, and this exactly. Piece of paper. If I if I went to go work at a job and they told me like, yeah, we've we're going to do everything on paper, yeah. and um, I mean, if you want to use a phone, fine. Here's an old flip phone we've got. You can use that if you want. Like what? You're like I'd be like, no thanks. I'm I'm gone. Thanks. Have a nice day. I'll find somewhere else to work. That, yeah. That's just my opinion. So it's comforting, so. Dan, to hear you say, you know, that obviously, you know, end users are starting to understand and appreciate this, right? And so when you when you start having the conversation around efficiencies or you know trying to drive that you're not hitting brick walls people are starting to nod their head you know yeah that's that's probably right mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yeah and it really depends on the use case and what kind of field service you're doing yeah um you know and and what kind of real estate do you need on the screens because you know if you're if you're doing something uh, some kind of field maintenance where uh, you know, it's being tracked like that. Your your company needs to know that you're actually at the location. <laughs> maybe <laughs> you're doing an inspection. And so all you need to do is maybe take a, a, a barcode scan of that asset in the field. And then there's some walkthrough screens that you do. 
just to make sure you, you follow those processes of whatever that that asset that you're actually doing maintenance on or or making sure that it meets certain uh, maintenance qualifications now if you're another user a use case where maybe you're a health in healthcare and you've got to go out to the the customer site uh, and and the people's homes or wherever and you need a bigger uh, real estate because you don't want to constantly keep scrolling down on a on a, a four or five inch uh, phone or, or screen so that's where the tablets come in uh, to being and, and we're, we're finding out that you know a lot of people started out thinking about just handheld devices which are great uh, but if you need a, a bigger screen to actually do your work and, and, and look like um, that that you're working off something like off of uh, your desktop then that's where we're seeing just a really increase in the uh, the use and, and people asking us about tablets and and then making sure that they're ruggedized um, that they have built-in scanning capabilities all that comes into to play and you know I, as a reseller, I like to hear people or you know software providers or hardware providers say uh, talk about specific use cases. And we were just recently contacted by another reseller of ours, and their end user is actually a the Department of Transportation for a, a very large state. And believe it or not, um, they were still using pen and paper to uh, for their assets for all traffic control. So, you know, we're working with them right now to automate that, uh, doing it in various locations, uh, but also with with tablets, being able to do that in the field. So when they go do inspections um, on, on certain locations, anywhere there's a, a traffic camera or a, a, a sign or, uh, you know, traffic light, uh, they can do that maintenance right then in the field and and maybe even you know relabel a, a barcode if it's been out for five years and that barcode's starting to to fade so those are the type of use cases that it's, it's just boundless and um it's going to keep growing I, I feel let's drill a little bit you you brought up a really good point uh as it relates to because i know we you always joke about getting the right tool in the employee's hands right, right? right. And we don't want a flip phone but dan i think you really brought up a good point about the size of a tablet mm -hmm. and and i'll drill down on the ui or the user interface on on the you know the tool set and the application that, that you're developing that can be just as important right so right. maybe i've got this slick whatever smaller screen right. and but the information i got to put in you know I'm visualizing exactly. like back in the day with a Palm Pilot, and I got to get out the little stylus, <laughs> right. and I got to drill into a particular. Right. You know, well, let's be honest. Even, well, even on those, typing efficiency. in is not that easy anymore. You know, like, but the tablet's brilliant. I see mm -hmm. where you're going, Dan. You know, because now from a design standpoint, I've got a, I've got more real estate. I can make it so that the thumbs and the fingers can mm -hmm. work mm -hmm. on these drop downs and drill downs, right? Uh, that need to occur. I totally get it because. Back to your point, you know the user experience, right? We want the worker experience to be good. Right. If they're gonna, if they're gonna be, we're gonna enable them with technology. Let's do it. So the UI is really important, uh, and getting mm -hmm. that customer feedback is really important. I can see why tablets are now, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, kind of. Yeah, we're we're down here in Houston too, so there's a lot of petrochemical uh, mm -hmm. customers that we have, and uh, quite frankly, uh, that industry is. Um, you know, really starting to look internally and, and how do we automate 
um, and there's new plants being built uh, for exporting LNG gas, and that's exploding down here. And uh, we're, you know, when you start talking about those tablets, uh, you, you start needing to have uh, intrinsically safe devices. So, you know, it really does uh, matter when, you know, depending on your use case, what kind of hardware you're going to recommend uh, for that particular application. So, uh, whether it's healthcare, petrochemical, field service, field maintenance, you know, and the, and there's a plethora of, of tablets out there and, and handheld devices that will meet these requirements. And you know, I'm 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 really lean toward uh, Zebra products and the handhelds. I mean, they've been a great partner for us, and uh, we we tend to lead with that um, with the Zebra products. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So I think we've kind of hinted at this already and we've kind of sort of talked about it already, but obviously the idea of these, you know, enterprise devices versus the cheaper consumer mm -hmm. options. Mm -hmm. I know there are some companies that will be like, well, hey, I can I can buy 50 iPhones, you know, maybe even two generations old iPhones or old Samsung devices or whatever to equip my my team. Mm -hmm. They're they're fine. They're mm -hmm. much cheaper than buying, you know, a new Zebra or Honeywell or DataLogic you know, mm -hmm. device or whatever. Uh, but obviously, that's that's not quite good enough. We know that. So tell us a little bit more about where purpose-built devices really, you know, elevate and are much better options than, you know, a consumer device or asking someone to bring their own device and use that. Yeah, I mean, the the, the problem is, you know, you, you guys have heard this this uh, saying forever, you know, a total cost of ownership. That's been yeah. around forever. And it, it's just, you know, you, you have to weigh out um, – how much revenue are you losing if a device goes down, if one of your guys breaks his, you know, consumer grade phone and you've lost all that data for that day or, you know, made him unproductive for that day. So, you know, a lot of people, uh, by the time you take a consumer grade uh, device and you put some kind of rugged device on or a ruggedized, uh, uh, you know, uh, case on it to make it more rugged you're, you're about at that same price point as a, a new ruggedized device that was purposely built for that so um, hope that answers your question um, you know it's just but but for every use case there's there's probably a device out there um, to be uh, paired with that that use case yeah mm -hmm. yeah that uh that total cost of ownership i think right. is, is that's a huge one and, yep. and, again, and it's one of those things i think if you if you do the math and a little like if you if you ask enough questions and help them do the math mm -hmm. and help them understand like hey you know here's here's what it looks like i know you're saying yes i can buy 50 of this cheap device and i'm fine but again we all know from our own devices they last maybe a little longer than they used to but still you're probably replacing those within anywhere from three to five, seven years, maybe at the most, you're going to have to replace them. The, the, you know, the battery life's going to decline dramatically over time. The ability to upgrade is going to start declining over time. You know, the support you would get are going to decline. Mm -hmm. So yeah, overall, eventually at some point you're going to find yourself having to replace all of that. And by the time you've done that a couple of times, you could have purchased a purpose built an enterprise device. That's it. That was going to last you 10, 15 years instead yeah. and was much much easier to manage and control and, and was designed to last longer for you. Mm -hmm. But I think the other part too there is 
the idea of like control over the devices and the updates themselves. And this is where we've talked about this on other episodes about Android. And one of the, the big perks about Android is the fact that there's so much control that you can use from an enterprise level. Mm -hmm. So if you're using some kind of mobile device management, mm -hmm. if you, you know, if, if you are taking control of those devices, rather than hoping that, I don't know, let's say the 20 people in your field force are all updating to the latest iOS or the latest version of Google or whatever, <laughs> or Android or whatever, mm -hmm. it, it, you don't have to rely on them to do that kind of stuff for you. You can do that and push those updates out to That's them. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, hey, there's a new version of this app that everybody's using and we need you all on the new version, but five people didn't bother upgrading. They haven't upgraded the last two times and they're completely missing out on features. That's the kind of stuff where if you have control over all of your devices in your enterprise, you can push those updates out. You have control. You can block off what you want to block off from them. They can't be browsing around and getting themselves in trouble on the internet or mm -hmm. downloading inappropriate apps or whatever, or, mm -hmm. you know, viruses. Like the control I think that you have is, is so much more important. And again, that will all go back into that total cost of ownership over time. I agree. And so let's get serious about seriousness, right? So <laughs> if you if you are if you're an end user and you're going to your employees with these solutions that are falling apart not working as they intended, that looks bad on you and your company. Right. So if I was a reseller selling into that type of a scenario, look, you're a professional end user, you're a professional organization, enable your employees with professional tools that right. can do that, right. right? Because we wanna get into the, the discussion around the seriousness of the tools that you're using, you know, if we could go back a little bit to, you know, asset management and field service and stuff like that, that's part of the argument that you want to make on the ROI around the solution that you're providing is holding the employees accountable for the assets that you're right, allocating right. towards them, right? Defining what, 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 what those things are, knowing where they are, not just who has them, these types of things. So when you have a serious conversation around the assets that a company is, is tasked with tracking, you got to give them the serious tool to do that, right? <laughs> and, yep, and, yep. and yeah, you know, a five-generation-old iPad is probably not <laughs> as serious. Probably not cutting it now. Yeah, as a ruggedized, purpose-built device. So, so I think exactly. it feeds into the whole narrative of the solution and the seriousness around what you're trying to build. Yeah, you exactly. Know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, then, Dan, let's let's talk about asset management because they, this is a big part of what Versona does, and you know your stock and roll products we've yeah. already mentioned. So you know, outside of the four walls, I think I think we, we you know we do a good job. And we talk a lot about inside the walls mm -hmm. asset management or inventory management. You know, there's you know all these different types of systems and processes and things available. I think by now most people understand. Hey, barcodes are better than paper. RFID might even be better than that. But once you get outside of the four walls, that's a whole different story because you don't maybe not don't have the same kind of access to technology or to the same kind of, you know, uh, networking structure for this kind of asset management. So has it been a struggle to get industries like construction, field service, utilities to get them on board with barcode and RFID solutions? You know, what are the benefits to them? Yeah, I, that's a good question. I, I think the early adopters and, and some of the larger uh, companies, utility companies, have uh, you know they they've started that uh, years ago, and they they understand the benefit of taking the work to the field and 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 collecting the data there. And you know even even if you talk about inside the four walls, just the supply chain in general, you know what. You know, we always try to work with solutions that will stop inaccuracies before they happen. And that is so critical in the field because, you know, like we mentioned before, um, by the time you have to wait till, uh, you know, your guy gets back into the, the warehouse 
without an asset, it, it may be too late. You may be on a job site that, um, uh, you know, they've already finished up the, your part of the work or your construction part and, and you're finished and, and you get ready uh, to leave and, and, and go to the next site and you've got missing tools. You know, what does that cost you? So, um, yeah, it, it, it really is about stopping those inaccuracies in the field before they happen. And, and you know, you just can't simply wait uh, till your guys get back to a warehouse and find out they don't have something. You know, I, I, I worked on a, a, a project for a, a shipping company um, and, and that's the same thing, you know, uh, they were losing or, or misshipping product. And, and by the time they found out where these products are, uh, it was just simply too costly to get them back. So they just let the customer destroy and field. And that's, wow. that's unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's all about stopping and, uh, you know, correcting those errors uh, in asset management out in the field and, and, you know, taking care of it right there. I'm going to throw in as well control. You know, I think that, mm. that when you when you look at these systems and what they're trying to do, it helps those customers control a lot of aspects of their business that maybe is not control or, or they don't have control of today. Inventory, right? We've talked a lot about inventory of assets and things of that nature, and that's an obvious one. But operationally, you're helping them control operationally. I think your use case there uh, that you just had was a really, really good one. That's all leading into financial control because right. now we have better asset tracking, better visibility on the things that are happening. We've got better technical control that you already went down, the machine-to-machine mm -hmm. -machine, uh, uh, operations, automatic data backups, these types of things. You know, when you start lumping all these arguments in, in, into play, you really start winning the battle over maybe somebody who's on the fence a little bit about, well, you know, we got this old way of doing it uh, type of thing. These are the things that you need to sell. Stopping inaccuracies, control over your environment. Yep. Um, yep. These are good things, yep. right? Definitely. Yeah. So, so you referenced earlier a couple of stats. Uh, you yeah. know, the two-thirds of contractors yeah. replacing the billion dollars of lost tools. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff came out of a marketing campaign that we did with Versona a couple mm -hmm. of years back mm -hmm. for construction in particular, construction management, like all about, again, asset tracking for tools and this tool mm -hmm. management piece. This was one of the most successful camp marketing campaigns we have done in my time, at least working here. I'll be. We got, I, I don't know, 100 plus, maybe over 200 leads, I think. Um, yeah, I think the first day that it was turned on, it broke the system. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did, we, we did like we just just putting this out there for construction management. You know, our, our typical marketing place. We found a couple places to do emails through, mm -hmm. and the the response. And you know, it's one of those things. Obviously, you know, they they have to give us their information before they get a chance to read our our ebook about this. But the fact that so many people were clearly interested, interested in saying, yeah. "Hey, yes, I do want a better, more efficient way to manage my tools." Yeah, and then I know you guys had some great kind conversations that came out of that and some good, you know, some good customer interactions. But it, it tells me that there is a need for this. Mm -hmm. It tells me that these folks that are out there that are doing these jobs, they know that there's a problem. They know there's inefficiencies. They know there's there's issues with the control of their their 
their assets. You know, accountability is a big part of this. And we, we pointed that out in that ebook too. The idea that the accountability of your employees yeah, to make really sure that they're one. not, as you mentioned, just leaving stuff behind and not caring about it or yeah. taking up, you know, like, I don't know, let's say you take a box of nails out to a site mm-hmm. and you lose, you know, 600 of those nails somehow or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's that stuff kind of stuff adds up. Oh, yeah. And if it's the same person doing that over and over again, this is right. the kind of stuff that if you're accurately tracking and you're keeping mm-hmm. track of it through asset management and you're using the right tools to to check stuff in and out and identify who took stuff, you can figure out who's that person. Yeah. Who's that person that's Works always right. losing tools or is wasting too much. And it shows you're serious much. about it. You exactly. Know, you just don't let that stuff go, right? Exactly. I mean, it tells your employee the overlord, that. Right. But, but, but this is a serious business, yeah. and you know, yeah. It, yeah, if, imagine if you're, if you're working on a construction site and all you have to do to get a tool is just go walk up someplace and grab the tool and maybe mm-hmm. assign a piece of paper and walk out with it or right. whatever. Yeah. That's a whole different, feels a whole different way than having to go up and actually check in on a device or something have to scan it in through a Mm -hmm. barcode it gets registered to you and your employee id or whatever like you know there's there's a huge difference between that and yes you're right you would know as an employee like all right i really do have to pay attention to what i'm doing with this stuff because they are paying attention right so yeah i think i think it does help out and and so all these arguments i think compile into that it's good that the that the the piece got such a response that it is. Maybe that's a little bit of a market validation. That, exactly. You know, yes. People are out there. They are interested in these types of The market's there. They want to hear yeah. about it. Yeah, what do you think, Dan? Yeah, one, one other thing, you know, that while you were talking, I just brought it to my memory is is tool hoarding. Okay. Ah. Ah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. We're not talking about losing them. We're talking about a manager uh, that's on a site and he's like, I don't want to run out of these tools. So instead of just having the one tool or saw that, that was allocated to me, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and order another one and have one sitting there just in case. And so that's that's huge, especially in the petrochemical business out on an oil rig, because, you know, if they have a tool that breaks, you know, it, it uh, they, they want to have something uh, readily available. And so they tend to hoard tools. Yeah. So having that visibility to, to every location is, is really key to, to managing that. So, yeah. yeah. Reducing that inventory loss. Yep, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, and I think another part of the, the whole asset tracking equation too, that people don't think enough about also is like, this is also a great opportunity for you to keep track of like maintenance schedules yes. and when you need right. to, to upgrade or when you need to replace something, because again, it's one of those things where if you suddenly, and, and especially again, like if we're talking construction or field service, there can be some very high tech expensive machinery that they're using on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And imagine if that piece of machinery, which is the one thing you need to be working in order to do a massive part of your job that day breaks down because it hasn't been serviced in six months or two years or something like that. And you weren't keeping track of that. That can, again, that can be a huge blow that just stops work entirely for an entire day or two. I see it all the time. You know, I, I live in a neighborhood that is relatively new and are constantly building new homes. Mm. And you'll see, like, so much active work happening on a place one day, and then suddenly no one's touching this place for a week. <laughs> and I know from experience from building our house that occasionally, like, something will happen where, like, well, we can't do X, which means we can't do Y, Z, double yeah, A, double everything B. Else Anything after that can't mm-hmm. be done. So mm-hmm. now we have to stop for two weeks until we can get what we need 
to fix A or to, to, to complete A. And that's the kind of stuff where, again, if you're if you're properly managing your assets and keeping track of this kind of stuff, you're hopefully potentially cutting off those kind of issues before they happen. Yeah, I like the maintenance angle for sure. Yeah. I mean, what a nightmare, right? And, it, and, and again, it gets back to the seriousness. Yep. Oh, our maintenance schedule is on the whatever, in the trailer, up right. on a clipboard, on back a Back at the of home paper. office, yeah. Nobody yeah. can see. What? what? When's the last time we maintained this? No, but if you're documenting it exactly. on, a, on a serious application and tool set that actually alarms you or precludes you, you right. know, these, this is a better way. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, another thing that you guys, you keep bringing up things that brings it to my memory. So you guys are doing a good job <laughs> leading me along. That's what we do. <laughs> That's what the goal is here. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, um, when you talk about field mobility and, you know, and, and, and maintenance on tools, you know, a stock and roll has that built into it. You know, and we always tell everybody that it's a, it's a very simple asset tracking, but it, when we drill down you know, it. You talk about tools and what is their life cycle? When, when are they due to be uh, either taking out, taken out of the field and replaced, or when do they maybe need to have maintenance? And the other thing is uh, that employee that's checking that tool out is he trained on that tool, mm. and are there other safety, um, uh, you know, supplies? that he may need to operate that tool, you know, maybe gloves or, or eyes, uh, you know, maybe a, even a respirator that's needed. So that's very important to make sure that the, 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 the employee's getting the tool, he's getting the right tool, and not only he's getting the right tool, that, but he is uh, certified to use that tool, and that tool meets all of the maintenance record, and it's not gonna take it out, out into the field and it break on him in the field. Yep, love it. Really good point. Awesome. Yep, yep. All right. Well, hey, this has been a very good conversation. Before we transition over to telling uh, you, our wonderful VAR audience, uh, a takeaway here, what you can do and how Versona can help you out. I want to, as always, thank our Tech Connect sponsors. We uh, appreciate your support of the show. Could not do this without you. Hey, as always, uh, if you've if you've got uh, thoughts about the show, if you want to tell us what you think, uh, like us on YouTube, leave us a five-star rating or review on Make Apple Podcasts. Make a Podcast. suggestion on Make a, a suggestion like Alex did yes, about this topic. Absolutely. Um, I always put a link in the show notes where you can go and give us a, a topic suggestion. And just for giving us a suggestion, whether we use it or not, we tell will what send get, you John. a Tech Connect podcast t-shirt. <laughs> There you go. So just for giving us a suggestion, just tell us. It can be something like, hey, I'd really love for you guys to yeah. do an episode about, uh, whatever, know, you yeah. know, space, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, we probably would, actually. We'd love to do that. Don't say Star Wars. That's uh, already just, in the yeah, queue. Yeah, yeah, we already do that, yeah. <laughs> so, But don't hesitate to tell us what you want to hear from us. And as always, of course, if you want to stay connected with us and, and, and tell us your thoughts and let us know what's going on, you can always find us on Twitter, at TechConnectPod. You can also email us, techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, hey, let's wrap up as always first with the value to the VAR. So, Dan, how does Versona help assist VARs with driving these mobility solutions, having these kind of conversations with field-based customers? And you mentioned like the L10 tablets, for instance, earlier, but there, are there any other devices that are really exciting you right now that you're enjoying showing and talking about to people in this in this line of work? Yeah, and you know, you bring up a good question about how do we help the other VAR, and you know, the good thing about it is we have some really uh, talented folks here at Versona Systems that are a lot smarter than me, um, and and a lot of them are not only software developers but uh, engineers. So we understand, you know, uh, how to write code, but we also know why we're writing the code, and we understand business process. 
but we are always open to and in searching for uh, resellers and maybe you don't have that um, you know that kind of expertise within your organization uh, we'll help you with that um, and you know just bring us the, the the leads or the accounts and 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 we can take over from there and do as much or as little as you want um, and, and in particular uh, you're asking about hardware uh, I just think that the tablets, uh, the all the the new tablets coming out, you know, Zebra, Honeywell, uh, these are great tools, um, you know that, and I, I think they're just going to grow. Uh, one one of the 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 newer products come out from Zebra is, uh, I believe it's the new R ninety. It, it's the ruggedized uh, RFID sled. And so we've been asked uh, quite a bit about, you know, taking RFID outside the walls. And up until this product, there really hasn't been anything that was uh, specifically made for ruggedized outside RFID tracking. Most of it's been for inside the walls. So I'm excited about that. Um, you know, there's there's some new technology that that we're looking at as well, uh, with with in particular on RFID. Uh, I know you guys. We've been talking a lot about stock and roll and stock and prep, and our our RFID platform is Rainview, and it is a platform. And there's, uh, you know, there's a couple other modules that hang off of that. You know, one being asset tracking, uh, one being supply chain. Uh, and then the other uh, is work in progress or, or you know, closed loop uh, RFI tracking inside of either manufacturing or, or maintenance repair facility. So, um, yeah, you know, I named all of them. Yep. Uh, I'm the guy that names them. So. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. I did a good job of that, yeah. I mean, Dan, we got a lot of resellers that maybe are, you know, traditional POS folks, right, that that wouldn't normally get into back-of-house stuff or mobility. Uh, maybe they have a customer, the you know, that they, they've installed the point-of-sale system on the front or at the counter or something like that, but mm -hmm. they're not handling the back-of-house. So Persona Systems, great company, uh, great partner, and to Dan's point, uh, they can help other resellers who maybe aren't in this area. They've got this, the skill set to do it. They've actually got the tools and the, and right, the software right. to help as well. So they really know their stuff uh, very, very well. It would be a great partner to partner up with uh, to get that done. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, you said at the very beginning there, the thing I'll always love to hear, which is, hey, if you don't quite feel you're capable enough of doing this on your own, mm -hmm. come to us. Mm -hmm. We're happy to help. It's, yeah. that's, what we, that's what we do here in this channel ecosystem. It's that's all it. about developing partnerships, bringing people together, helping people understand like, hey, you don't have to be on your own little island where you have to do everything on your own. Mm -hmm. You know, work with our your friends at Blue Star and Versona. Any, you know, we'll always be happy to hook you up with someone that can that can help you yeah. with that message and the experts, you know, as, as Dan. Grow your business. The, the, the smartest thing you said there was, hey, I there are people that are smarter than me that know how to do this stuff. <laughs> That's right. A wise man knows that there's always someone smarter <laughs> than him that can do things that they can't. So I appreciate That's that. That's how you grow your business, for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, let's wrap up, as always, with our favorite segment, What's Tech Connecting With You? This yep. is where we get to talk about something from the world of science, tech, innovation that has caught our eye, has our attention that we're enjoying playing with, or yep. maybe it is frightening us. Who knows? <laughs> Could go either way. Dan, what's tech connecting with you right now? You know, you know, there's a new uh, BLE tag type uh, technology that's been introduced, and um, I'm not going to say their name because I'd be advertising for them, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh. we're, but but uh, so, you know this this technology is uh, it's 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 sold as battery free um, uh, BLE, mm -hmm. and so these tags are made in a way so that it will uh, borrow or or use uh, energy from any kind of energy source, cell phone. Uh, AP, uh, you know, you name it, mm. these little tags go out and they actually find that energy and they use that to energize uh, the tag and to say, hey, here I'm at, here, I'm, here I am. Mm. So, you know, what that's, you know, is, is I, I think what it's supposed to be made for and we're going to, we're going to go take a, a class with them and, and find out. But um is you know there should be lower uh, infrastructure for for real time RFID tracking mm -hmm. inside a, a location. So you know it's going to be interesting to see um, uh, how that plays out. Um, it is proprietary right now, so that's one of my my issues I have with it. Um, but but you know it, it, they're saying all the right things, and we're going to go to RFID world and take their class and. Um, and and sniff it out and 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 see because we're always interested in new technologies, um, you know, and and the infrastructure and particularly with RFID has has always been one of the hindering blocks for for companies going forth because there's just seems to be a large uh, amount of of revenue for infrastructure. So we'll we'll yeah. see, yeah, yeah. And, but uh, and I recently had a knee replacement surgery, and and right before my surgery, I was I was reading up. And there's actually a company uh, here in Houston, and they're embedding uh, RFID chips into the replacement knees, and mm. um, you know that was really. Uh, and I, I don't I don't understand why they want to do that right now, other than <laughs> they want to just monitor. Uh -huh. You yeah, know uh, right. what's going on, right, but right. it sounds very intriguing, and uh, and I reached out to him, but they never called me back. So, <laughs> don't you worry about that chip in your knee. Pay yeah, no attention yeah. to that. Yeah, somebody yeah. there's a dashboard somewhere. Oh, Dan's knee is traveling now. I like the low energy BLE. That that's cool because we've talked uh, about you know these these tags and sensors being able to get energy from like acoustical, right? right? Just right, right. Just, just audio yeah. and uh, or Wi-Fi signals and stuff like that. It, it is really cool stuff. But I think that to your point, Dan, that's going to enable certain parts of our industry really to grow when you kind of take the energy off the equation yeah. off, but you yeah. can still have an energized tag. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. Dean, what's taking that with you? All right, well, I'm going to give you a headline because I just can't get away from it. Oh, Remember no. that that the Pentagon releasing the 1,500 pages of declassified UFOs? UFOs? Yes. 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 Reports? Okay, well, so UFO left radiation burns and unaccounted for pregnancies. What? The new Pentagon report claims. That's the headline. It's just as salacious <laughs> as it sounds. Like I couldn't not click on that. Yeah, right? No doubt. I mean, what is an unaccounted for pregnancy? <laughs> Are aliens impregnating us? No, oh my God, what is going on well, here? Well, I mean, so, they've been probing us forever, so why not start <laughs> impregnating too, you know? So, you know, it, it goes into some of the things where, you know, some of the some of the burns were from, you know, exhaust of a something, something or other, and then that 
that's got me thinking, well, that doesn't sound very alien. It sounds like maybe somebody, you know, some other nation or something like that is coming in with uh, black helicopters right. or something like that. Or just, you know, your house is on some kind of dumping ground that the government never bothered to tell you about. But at you the know? end of the road, here's the really big line. It's unclear what kind of vetting process, if any, is used to investigate these right, allegations. Right. So basically, you can comb through these 1,500 pages, right. but, but, but they're just taking down information, right? It's like the, the scribe coming in. Okay, so what happened to you, John? Well, I feel like I was, you know, levitated. And, right, and, right. And, 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 and the next thing I knew, I was pregnant. You so know. they're just documenting right. it, and that goes in the file. Now, they're not vetting it. They're right, not saying, right. okay, well, let's take you to a doctor, see if you're actually pregnant or what. Right. <laughs> I mean, let's so be honest. Like, I think okay, we, I think we brought this up here. when we talked about this trove that was released yes. before. The government would not be releasing this if they felt there was any actual chance of people right. getting something out of it that would make us truly understand or believe what's happening here. So that's kind of where I'm at now, you know, because when it first came out, I'm like, you know, I remember talking, it was right yeah. when COVID was hitting. Yeah, it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. this is the perfect time yeah. to release this because everybody's freaked out about right. everything. Right. You know, why wouldn't it be? Uh, but now that you because think again, a little bit dark, if we like, eh. if we ever had established 100 percent positive proof that aliens existed and they yeah. were visiting our planet, the entire world and societies we know it would change. <laughs> yeah. That would be the kind of thing that just changes an entire civilization yeah. overnight, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. So again, I just can't see... But it's just salacious enough to uh, get exactly. the, the people that want to believe and right. get in it. Yeah, I can't okay. see them doing it if they felt like, yeah, that could happen. They're just like, no, nah, we know we're giving them enough to play with, but we're not really going to Dan, if you had a third encounter or a close encounter of the third kind <laughs> that you could report to Or us even that, first or second, yeah. too. You know, I mean, because Houston, Texas, you all got a lot of land <laughs> out there and, you know, weird <laughs> things happen out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I am, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But the I, vetting, they got to vet it, they, right? They, they got to vet it. All right. Yeah. What's tech connecting with you, John? All right. So we all know I'm an unabashed baseball fan. Yes. It's been harder than usual this year because very, I'm also a Reds fan. Very difficult year. As of this recording, we're 3 and 21, One? I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And got I'll, smoked last night. Off to one of the yeah. worst starts in No, the worst. It, the I, I guess I we are, we are the, the worst. But, but I mean, in even in MLB history. Oh, MLB, like, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, I remember like a Tigers team from, I want to say like 03 yeah. or 05 being pretty horrific, having well over 100, uh, 100 uh, losses. Some yeah. losses. Anyway, yeah. so I haven't been very focused on Reds baseball and professional baseball or watching baseball this year, uh, but... I did find a new fun baseball video game to Ooh, play. Okay. Uh, and I haven't really had a good one since, like, back on PlayStation 2. I was a big fan of, like, MVP Baseball yes. 03 yes. or 05 or something. Yes. The show, I think I played the show back in 2013, 12 or 13, something okay. like that. Okay. And those games are still out there, but I don't have, like, modern systems right now. Well, I found an awesome iPad game. I'd found one last year that I kind of liked. I wasn't really digging it. But the new one that I found that I really love is called Nine Innings. That's okay. Nine Innings for 2022 or whatever. I'm looking it uh, up. It is, um, it, I, I think they've been doing it for a little while, but it's an official MLB sanctioned game, players game too. So oh, like really? all the players that are there. The great fun caveat of this, one thing, it's a very simple, easy game to play, and I okay. appreciate that. The caveat about this, what's fun about it, it's one of those games that can you can freemium where you can, you yeah, know, I can get it right you now. You can buy it. buy it, like you can, you can. I don't know if it was was it free even to download or it may have been a small payment. I, I don't remember, but it's free download. Okay, I'm so downloading it right now. it's yeah. one of those games where you can pay to like upgrade your team and do all kinds of stuff, but you do not have to at all and still have fun, right? So the best part about it is what you can do basically is you collect along the way through playing games or 
you know, just watching ads occasionally from time to time. And again, you can buy them if you want to, but you do not have to. You basically get packs of baseball cards of various Uh, players from throughout different timelines. Okay. So, and most of them are like in the last 20, 25 years or so, but then you can get like, you know, legend players from before that or like way back in the day, potentially you get them at different status levels. So I am currently working on a Reds team that just made the playoffs with a 30, I think I only played like a 40 game season or something Mm -hmm. like that. My record was like 37 and three or something like that. Nice. Because I have like Mike Trout on my team. (laughs) I have Mookie Betts from four (laughs) years ago. I have Miguel Cabrera from like 2009. Yeah. Uh, I kept Joey Votto on my team. He's one of my powered up players. But like I've got all these like classic best. Like top level players, Jacob Degrom is heading off my my rotation, my starting rotation. Like the, I think it's the 2021 version. It's the literally the best player you can have in the entire game. I think. Uh-huh. So I have this amazing team that I've built, and so that's the fun of it. Is like you can grab players, you stick them on your team. They show up in the game wearing your uniform. Nice. You have you know their stats. You can grab them from different timeline times throughout their playing history. So All right. you, you can get a great year. You can combine players together. Like there's a lot of fun stuff. There's just so many different modes. Even if you just play just normal season mode, it's a lot of fun. Maybe a little on the easy side. Like I said, once I built my yeah, team up, yeah, yeah, yeah. winning games has not been very hard. But it's just it's a fun game. It's it's. If you're jonesing for a good, fun, simple baseball game that you don't have to spend money on and enjoy on your, you know, your tablet, yep. highly recommend there Nine Inch Twenty Two. If we could so. only parlay that into reality, I know. Like I said, it's, it's this is my way of being like, well, this is the Reds team I wish we had this year. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I probably could be playing the regular Reds team that we already have this year and still do better than they are right well, now. That's I can almost given, guarantee that. Given, yeah. yes, so. yes, yes. So that's what's good stuck with me. Uh, Dan Fuller from Versona Systems. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. So until next time, uh, you know, find your um, find you whatever your UFO report is. And don't believe it. Re- don't believe it. <laughs> go re- go report your unexpected pregnancy or unsubstantiated pregnancy, whatever it is, uh, and go play a new baseball game, and hopefully your team is doing much, much better than I did. And as always, folks, please stay tuned. Uh, the Technic Podcast is brought to you by Elo. Listen, Dean, uh, Elo knows a thing about too about touchscreen technology. Oh yes, right? they do. Uh, they've been at this whole digital signage display game quite some for a time. while. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. now they are bringing decades, decades, decades of touchscreen experience to the palm of your hand. Wait, what? With the M50 handheld mobile device. I this love isn't this brand thing, new, but I love it's a this cool thing. device. It is cool. Uh, it's an enterprise grade Android device built for efficiency and connectivity. Mm-hmm. Check out some of these specs. 5.5-inch HD touch display, integrated 2D barcode scanner, mm-hmm. Android 10 OS, and a rugged design for commercial use. Yep. The M50 is ready to seamlessly integrate via Elo View or the MDM of your choice. All right, what else might you want? Um, long battery life? Uh, check. Need that. Yep. Quick charge? Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, 4G communications? Gotta connect this bad boy. Plenty of accessories? Yeah. Oh, yes. Like what? You know, a barcode scanner? Or, no, it's got the barcode scanner. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. like a payment. Yeah, I, I don't have the other ones right here in front of you. But yes, there are other accessories. <laughs> the M50 has it all. Uh, the M50 is a bold choice for enterprises like warehousing, retail, healthcare, delivery, and more. Hey, guess what? We just had a little episode about field service. This would be a kind of device you would want to potentially use out Duh. of the field. It's got the rugged design. Yes, sir. It is, again, I talked about this whole thing of like Android and being able to maintain mm-hmm. and control your devices, mm-hmm. your ELO view, perfect kind of device for this. So to learn more, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star ELO team. Tech Deck Podcast is brought to you by Zebra. 
Uh, okay, so we've talked a lot today about field service, yep. workforce. Yep. Uh, well, Zebras kind of get you covered there. Workforce Connect, yes. which is powered by Zebra Savannah, mm-hmm. delivers on the promise of the truly unified enterprise device, allowing users to add powerful voice messaging features to Zebra mobile computers. Uh, with services such as push to talk, text messaging, and the ability to enable a Zebra mobile computer to also function as a mobile PBX desk phone, workers can perform all tasks on just one device, How? fully enabling the integration of voice and data work. How cool is that? Yeah. Also reduces the number of steps required to complete just about any task. So I'm thinking Very like, cool. you know, you're out on a construction site, yeah. a big construction exactly. site. Exactly. And you've got guys on one side, yep. you got your, you know, the, the woman who's running the show in the trailer yep. or yep. something. Yep. And they all want to talk to each other and they want to communicate. They need to stay in touch. Maybe they don't have super strong Wi-Fi necessarily. A little push-to-talk action. You, Love it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, you've got a device where you can take your devices that you're already using for a multitude of stuff and stay in touch. Bingo. Modular and customizable. Users can deploy the features they need today. Easily add features to meet new business needs tomorrow and customize the experience for the specific needs of workers. So to learn more about the Workforce Connect powered by Zebra Savannah, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star representative.